Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Growth Hacking Show for business coaches and consultants. This is a podcast for you to discover new business growth campaigns directly from the trenches. I am Ed Rich and I interview business thinkers and thought leaders about their successes, failures and business. And most importantly, what's working now in their business. Hey there, Ed this side again back with an exciting episode with Benjamin Taylor. Hi, Benjamin. Hi, Ed. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. So Benjamin is uh, author of a book called 99 Questions for Businesses, 99 Essential Business Questions. That's correct. And he's also co-author of a podcast called the pot uh, the outliers in how are we doing today i'm good i'm really good i should say right from the start um ed that i am um only the co-author and perhaps not the not the lead author i actually uh, embarked on this adventure with a whole team of um of six other people um we had to we had to write the seven on the uh, on the spine because all of our names wouldn't fit um on the spine uh, so it was very much a uh, a group effort um but I also do do the Outliers in podcast, so it's a pleasure to be on your podcast. I was admiring uh, your wonderful microphone there uh, earlier on, and I apologize. I'm not with my usual equipment. I'm on the road as a consultant, uh, staying in a glamorous holiday in Express uh, tonight. <laughs> so I'm joining you with just my headset mic on, but hopefully awesome. it will work okay for your listening. There's so much we can talk about, especially you have a very special experience with book, and in fact, one of the the things that a lot of people are, are, are scared of when they think of authoring a book and you have actually lived through that experience and, and, and I'm grateful that you're uh, happy to share that. But before that, let's come back to the, the fact that you're um, traveling as a consultant. Mm -hmm. uh, what is it that you do? Well, um, I have two or three jobs as well as the uh, as well as the podcast and the the attempts at authorship. <laughs> uh, my main job um, is that I run a consultancy called Red Quadrant. Um, Red Quadrant works in the UK mostly with public services. Uh, with incredible sense of accuracy, I set it up in two thousand and nine, just at the start of the. Um, austerity in public services here in the UK. So it's been a quite uh, interesting period, but we're still going um, and we're still uh, we're still solvent. Um, and I also run a social enterprise in a similar space called the Public Service Transformation Academy. Um, those two and a, and a fascination with systems thinking, which has led me to be a non-executive director of a systems practice organization. Uh, well, you can imagine uh, I don't have an awful lot of spare time after all of that. Yeah, so uh, you've mentioned that Red Quadrant is a new type of consultancy. How is it different from anything out there? Well, um, to be fair, we were probably a lot newer when we set up 10 years ago uh, than we are now. But um, our business model is that we are a network organization. Uh, so we only employ two consultants, um, apart from myself. Um, but we work with a very large network of, um, well, over a thousand people in the entire consultant pool. Every year we use um, uh, at least a day from about 110 people. Um, and, and we've got a core of, depending how you look at it, seven to 25 people who we 
call on very regularly, um, including some who are tied in with some share of profit in their area, some service leads with areas of responsibility. Um, so there's almost different layers of um, circle. But the point is, they're almost all um, independent contractors who don't just necessarily work for us, who have no total obligation to us as an employee uh, might. Um, but we bring them together with really good project management, really good methodology, um, and they have incredibly deep experience in the approaches and the um, subject matter of our public service clients. So what kind of experiences those people have? Are they all within the same industry, same experience, or they are from any experience and when you have a, a need, you just post it to them like, hey, uh, who can solve this problem? Who can work with us on this project? Um, something like that. Or I suppose it's a bit more centralized, the, the development process. Um, almost all of our consultants have experience in UK public services. Uh, either as a consultant for a few years, occasionally as a auditor or accountant, um, but mostly uh, as having been leaders of services, uh, whether that's um, waste and potholes and things like that, or social care and uh, and health, um, police, um, and so on. Um, so we um, we probably skew older, we probably skew more experienced, um, and we can offer this incredible value compared to. Um, you know, a consultancy that would um, sell you somebody fresh out of business school um, with a bunch of methodologies and not much else for, 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 for a high price. <laughs> um, but what we do is we interview people, get, the, get to know them a little bit and try and build an ongoing relationship. But we build, we hand pick project teams uh, or we work with clients to select individuals for kind of project and program delivery, uh, things like that. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Um, so what were you doing before you started this uh, venture? Um, well, I um, uh, had a very uh, glamorous and prestigious degree, but due to being ill-informed about the world of work and compensation, I started to work for a charity, worked for a charity for a while. And from that perspective, it looked extremely well-paid and glamorous to work for a local authority in London. So my first job was as the coordinator, my first job in public services was as the coordinator of Shepherd's Bush Advice Centre, um, part of the London Borough of Hammersmith and Fulham. Um, I went on to work for the leader of the council. I was an e-government manager. It was quite an exciting period, lots of new things happening in local government. That was back in 97 to 2004. Then I stepped into consultancy with um, PwC, uh, was referred by a friend of a friend and uh, worked with them for about three years, also doing some quite interesting uh, things. And obviously it was, a, it was a rich learning experience for me, stepping out of public services and into one of the big four. I went to work for a part of Capita to help set up a new consultancy for three years. And after doing both of those things um, and also feeling that there were some problems with the, the partnership and the outsourcing business model, that's when I, with my former business partner, um, and uh, that's another story, but a positive story, um, set up uh, Red Quadrant um, almost uh, 10 years to the day uh, ago as we, as we uh, record this. Um, so this is the first I've ever been in a job. <laughs> it's been a lot of learning along the way um, and more work than I've uh, ever done before, but it has been uh, really rewarding in itself. So that, that's all my career in a nutshell, Ed. Amazing. Uh, so how about the podcast? What took you to take that challenge? 
Well, I'm a huge fan of podcasts. I, I listen to many, many. Um, I always take the train as a traveling consultant and I sit there and I do my work, but I listen to all kinds of podcasts. In fact, I publish my long list of pub, pub, podcast subscriptions on the web somewhere. Um, uh, so I enjoyed them and I thought, this is something maybe I could do, I could try a bit of. And before I made a move myself, um, Joseph Paris, who runs the Operational Excellence Society, um, who's a very friendly guy, um, somebody you must have on if you haven't already. He's written a brilliant book on operational excellence. Um, he contacted me. Well, actually, the story is a bit more interesting than that. Um, one of the podcasts I've been listening to was a thing called Car Talk from NPR. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's apparently very well known in America. It was these two old geezers uh, talking about repairing cars, and they would have people dial in um, and uh, give them advice, mechanical advice, over the radio. Quite an interesting concept in itself. But they were just good-hearted, good-natured, funny. Um, and I suddenly realized that I'd been listening to repeats for quite a few years uh, and that they were, they, they'd retired. And, and I realized this because one of them died. He, he passed away, sadly. Um, and I posted a little tribute to him on Facebook. And Joseph, being connected with me on Facebook, saw this. And uh, came back with a with a with a funny quote that was appreciative of uh, of of, uh, of, of uh, the guys who run uh, Car Talk. Then he thought he wanted to do his own podcast. We always have a bit of a laugh when we talk. And he asked me if I wanted to join. And I think we've been going maybe a couple of years now. Even um, I can't be completely sure. Um, but the idea of that one, uh, the outliers in. Uh, at theoutliersin.com, since I'm plugging, um, is that it's a, uh, a respectful irreverence and self-deprecating humour approach to operational excellence and those kind of issues. So we, we interview people about business issues, but we try and make it uh, a bit of a joke and a bit of fun. I don't think a lot of people listen, but some people listen, which is very <laughs> nice. We've done, we've done 39 uh, episodes so far. Wow. Okay. That's a lot uh, of going on. Um as long as somebody listens, it's fine. I think so. <laughs> oh, well, I say we've been going since 2015. Is that possible? Yeah. Wow. Um, we've been going since 2015. Can you believe it? I can't. Wow. It's <laughs> so like almost five years. Mm. Um, so cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your the concept of your book. Why? Uh, how did the the idea of becoming a co-author of a book which already has so many authors mm -hmm. came into be what, or let me backtrack a second mm. what about what is the core concept of the book 99 essential business questions what do questions have to do with the business hey, well fair enough I was going to say the clues in the title but you asked a better <laughs> a much harder question to answer and um, the, the the concept of the book is that we're really focused in business at jumping to answers. Um, and um, it was put together, as no doubt we'll come to in a minute, by a bunch of very experienced consultants, of whom I was the least uh, experienced. Um, and we said that just like the whole idea of management consultancy, over the years we've been on a learning journey. And our focus had shifted from diving in to solve problems as an expert, which doesn't really um, empower people, and it depends entirely on the quality of the expertise of the individual, um, to then creating shareable methodologies, to then mentoring our clients to help develop their own solutions. So it represented a, something like a shift from 
uh, expert to coach, to mentor, to advisor. Um, and we thought that really powerful questions allow you to um, get behind the surface level of a presenting problem, find deeper causes, think better, look at the problem with fresh eyes, um, and actually be able to see things and maybe do things differently. So it's an interesting book in that it, it doesn't have any answers. <laughs> um, but what it does do it try to do is pose really powerful questions that will unlock some thinking about business uh, problems. Uh, and I'm still, I'm still quite proud of it. So I'm thinking about, you know, the frameworks that consultants use, tools that coach, coaches use, yeah. Uh, and they all consist of questions. So I'm imagining that this book is something like a collection of those questions, which will help you come up with good answers to day to day problems. Is it correct? Um, something like that, I suppose. Yes. So <laughs> I'm, is just it think, for I'm just thinking that through. Yeah. Is it for operational management professionals or it's for everyone who's running a business? For everyone who's involved in running a business, for sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, so, so the questions are very much um, along the lines of um, what we ended up doing in developing the book was we had a, a huge set of questions. We had a huge set of scenarios that we were um, applying the questions to, if you see what I mean. And we had a set of dimensions along which the questions all, um, all, all, all fit um, uh, we simplified that for the for the published book, too, which was quite a, an interesting uh, process. Um, but effectively, um, it's questions that will provoke deeper thoughts, that will make you think about the uh, about the wider context, um, that might bring things into your consideration um, that you wouldn't already have um, thought about. Does does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was the experience of writing it with other people and so many well, other people? It was, it was really, it was really interesting and actually a, a very rewarding uh, experience. Um, the, the genesis of the book came about uh, at the time I was a member of a very interesting organization called the Worshipful Company of Management Consultants, which is one of the uh, ancient and venerable worshipful companies of the City of London. Um, uh, uh, it's not one of the most ancient. It, it uh, came into existence more recently, uh, and there was a little bit of conflict with the IT consultants when it was uh, when it was created. Uh, but it, but it is there to represent and speak for the interests of consultants as a whole. We used to have professional networking events, and one of the more um, sparky and interesting and challenging members of the group, a very interesting group, uh, a woman called Gia Campari. Uh, came to one of our professional networking events in November 2011 um, and presented a little presentation which was called something like, um, uh, uh, what was it called? It's called It's the Questions. Not It's the Questions Stupid, but It's the Questions. It's all about the questions uh, that, get the, that generate the power of uh, response. And it was a really nice little presentation. It, it really kind of um, chimed with me. Um, in terms of uh, where I was at then and, and thinking about the value of questions. She uh, recruited for people who were interested in putting that together into a book um, uh, and all kinds of other potential ideas behind that. Um, 
you know, Albert Einstein said if he had now to solve a problem and his life depended on the solution, he'd spend the first 55 minutes deciding the proper question to ask. <laughs> um, uh, so the idea is that um, uh, questions drive potential. So I got involved in that group and my uh, big contribution to some extent was uh, offering a place for them to come and meet in our office. And it was actually a process of, I can't quite believe this, but I just looked back at the data, about five years between that initial presentation um, and the developing process and all the conversations um, until our book made it to print. Uh, so it took, it took five, five years. years to get through that process. Yeah, this wow. is not the recommendation. I've read a book about how to write a book in 100 days. <laughs> this, this one took yeah. uh, significantly longer than that. Yeah, wow. Okay, so uh, five years, that's, and uh, all this time, was it gone in uh, collaborating or was it gone in collecting the questions itself, like themselves? Um, mostly on collaborating. Um, and then there was a real kind of chunky process of, um, I guess, working through. Um, so for each one of the questions, we've got, a really powerful question that took a lot of finessing and a lot of work. Then we've got a, why would I ask myself this question? What insights might I expect uh, to gain from this question? And a bunch of links across to all of the other connected questions. So you can almost use the book as a choose your own adventure. You can look in the back and if you try and match your problem to some categories and then work out what questions to ask yourself. Um, or you can just kind of flick through. To be honest, Ed, I think it's perfect uh, toilet side reading. Um, uh, I think that's, a, that's definitely a category of books. You can just pick it up and flick through. For it. Maybe it could be in a waiting room as opposed to a toilet. But you can just flick it through and, and, and try and get a little bit of, um, little bit of inspiration. Um, so most of that five years was, was working through the detail. We only met maybe once a month, I'm not sure. Um, so it wasn't an intensive process. <laughs> um, uh, and then people would take it away and work on bits and, uh, and so on and so on. Um, I, think it, I think it is much slower to write as part of a large group like that. Um, it's certainly richer, but of course you don't have control over all of the final content. So not all the questions are exactly how I would have phrased them, but of course some are much better for that. <laughs> Did you make friends with those people? Yes, it was a really nice group. Um, we've absolutely kept in touch, um, yeah. and they're they're although not regularly because we're all pretty busy. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, and uh, they're all extremely good quality uh, consultants, yeah. uh, and all still active in all these kind of. I would do that areas. just for that reason. <laughs> exactly, it's a great great yeah. group. Yeah. So, what yeah. was your expectation when you had that? Like, oh yeah, I will be an author. Well, yeah, I thought that putting a book out and we got some brilliant quotes from amazing people sort of supporting the, the book and everything, um, would I didn't think that it would make me millions. Um, uh, but I did think that there would be um, interest, uh, a bit of engagement. Uh, this, you know, podcasts, this is the first podcast. So thank you for fulfilling my uh, wish to be interviewed as an author. <laughs> um, and You're I thought welcome. that it would... My um, pleasure. Ah, nice. I, I thought it would really um, build my profile in general organizational consulting and, and open up more opportunities. Um, and it didn't really do that. Um, I mean, I have to say, we didn't sell many books. Um, we, we had some nice feedback, which was amazing, given that we sold very few books. Um, and it's a nice product that I have that I can sort of give to people. But it was much more 
just learning from the process and partly learning what not to do uh, with a business promotional book, uh, I suppose, as well. So what was the promotion strategy um, your team and yourself has employed? Well, we did a lot of things by the book, I would say. But I think by that time, and because we were all very busy, particularly me, we didn't have enough time to really invest at the right moment. Um, we worked with a um, uh, publisher who we who we paid, um, who their main offer um, was sort of project management support around the book, which we didn't really need. Um, uh, they hooked us up with a marketing person, so we really tried uh, that, which I'll come to in a second. But they were very good on the distribution. Um, so they got us onto all uh, – this may be easy, I'm not sure, it may be hard. But they got us into all of the appropriate channels, you know, Amazon UK, Amazon International. Uh, they took us to some book festivals, um, not with huge success, but we were, we were exposed in that kind of uh, way. Um, we wanted it to be a um, – uh, a real airport book. Um, I don't think the interior design quality was sufficient for people to take it seriously in that way. But we had a book launch. Um, the the publisher runs a uh, sort of uh, series of those. Um, we had a marketing person who nearly got us in the Guardian, which would have been great, but actually got us in things like Project Management Monthly and uh, uh, re relatively small. Um, uh, organizations, um, small circulation uh, kind, kind of stuff and so on. Um, we weren't, one of the things that I would say as a tip to your listeners is in the launch stage, you've got to carve out some time and actually be able to respond really quickly to requests for articles. Um, and a lot of the requests for articles were a little bit tangential to our interests and our content. So required real thinking and real working and we were able to respond to some and not respond to others. We had a website, and we still do, um, uh, 99, what's it called, uh, 99 questions, uh, 99 essentialquestions.com. <laughs> uh, we had a Twitter account, which wasn't very active, uh, a Facebook account, which is now not active anymore. Um, so, you know, stuff, we, we kind of followed the letter of the plan, Ed, but we didn't do enough to push it. And we didn't know enough to really push it to our network and have them pile in with the Amazon reviews um, uh, and the little blogs and, and responses uh, and all of that kind of thing. Um, so uh, we kind of did a bit of everything, but not enough focus overall, I would say. So what was the instructions for you to push the launch? So as an individual or when the responsibilities were distributed to different people, what was your role? in the launch uh well i remember i was doing the twitter account <laughs> we all we all spoke at the launch event itself and invited a few friends on but to be honest that was more of a get together and a pub and marketing for the publisher to market to the next uh next set of reader of, of authors and <laughs> right. um, so it felt like it was a it felt like from that point of view a bit of a um What's the old expression, Ed? Um, uh, when you publish for uh, for vanity, vanity publishing. Vanity publishing. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but we were all trying to respond to um, the, uh, the the request for articles. What we didn't really do, and I, I've got quite good social media reach and network, is we didn't really have a concerted campaign 
on social media um, because we didn't really have the energy to generate a load of more content, unfortunately. So, so that was probably a wasted opportunity, to be honest. We, uh, so we, so we you didn't... feel it's the constant need of generating content was slowing you down? Yeah, content, it was really time. It was time for the the, the content um, uh, and the response and the proactive uh, kind of social media. Um, I know much more what it takes now. You can't just put a few things out and expect them to take and get uptake. The, the few responses that we got were super, um, but you need to jump onto other people's things on LinkedIn that are really relevant and post a really relevant question uh, and post a question and have your LinkedIn page absolutely reflecting the book, the book, the book and get people to download it from there. You need to engage in genuine conversations on Twitter with people who will be interested in your area and show how interesting you are um, yourself. And I think you need to build a community uh, on Facebook. And for a book like ours, we really needed to get a little bit of coverage, just one or two would have been great, into business schools or universities of, uh, of, 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 around this space um, because we did have the networks um, and we should, have, we should have pushed those a lot harder. So just in just a few seconds, uh, what was the sequence, the launch sequence look like according to the plan? Not how it went, but according to plan. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, it was the first thing, the second thing, and then third thing. Yeah. I'm trying to think, Ed. I, I'm not sure. I, not sure. I remember all the details okay. and I'm having, I can have a little look through, uh, here. Certainly it was website, established website, established Twitter, established Facebook. Um, uh, it, the, um, uh, launch around the publishing date, we were supposed to try and we were supposed to get media coverage and launch the social media campaigns. Those were the those were the key steps that I remember. And then the plan was with the marketing person who we'd employed to kind of follow up and center things around um, getting something in the press every sort of few weeks uh, going on from that. If that makes sense. Yeah. So um, that's cool and. How do you see the end result, the whole, and how will you do it differently if, I, I, I believe that you're writing another book. I'm thinking about it. I'm working on it. I, I might do it very differently this time. I mean, the, the end result, I think um, uh, I uh, made some great connections. I learned some great stuff. It's a product that I'm proud of. Um, uh, and much like the outliers in, it might not reflect every aspect of if I was really trying to put myself out there um, with the core things that I'm passionate about, it might not reflect all of that, but it doesn't reflect me badly. And it was a great learning exercise. Um, doing it differently, um, I'm putting together, we have this enormous, we call it tool shed of methods at Red Quadrant um, uh, with very systems thinking influenced uh, content um, and very, very um, uh, cross organizational issues so i'm putting together that and i'm going to uh in some ways do a sort of similar process because i'm forming a group to teach this content to and to learn from and learn how they use it in application and building some of the monetization around uh coaching mentoring networking and supporting them around that um but an end result of that will be to find a way to 
published that as a neat little book that is a kind of very holistic guide to organizational and people consulting. Um, and I'm in some of the right I kind of networks uh, for that. But I'm hesitant, Ed, to be honest, um, because I am um, I know that there can be a lot of effort in that. And uh, it certainly won't reflect into my core domain, which is public service consulting at the moment. Um, uh, and I'm not convinced that it would necessarily launch uh, a big new opportunity of us doing new work uh, in other sectors. But it is something that I'm passionate about. It's something where I've got all the thinking inside of me and laid out and presented in various ways. Um, so really just putting that together into a book, which is something which can then be followed up. What I've got behind it now, we had some workshops designed around the book of questions, but but I, I can offer a whole curriculum, a whole coaching, a whole mentoring, and a, and a network of interested people now. So how, how um, do I you something envision else. your offering these services uh, are they are you going to mention it in the book and then wait for people to uh, call you from there or go to your website register for something uh, how do you have any funnel in mind yeah. I think you'll be um, yeah, I think you'll be much more integrated than that I'm not sure that the book will pull a load of people in um, but it but it might um, but I want to have a community um, uh, a dedicated uh, website, um, probably related podcasts, um, uh, social media presence that I'm already very engaged with. And the book just sort of completes the picture as a way for somebody who's interested to spend £10 and get a nice overview and get something in their hands that they can really, um, they can really work on and work with, I suspect. Um, that sounds a little bit overwhelming to me. I mean, like it it will, yeah. and I, I can see that why you're feeling a little bit like doubtful on whether I'll be able, to, whether you'll be able to pull it off or not. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what if I tell you you can actually simplify it, and you don't have to have all those things such as podcast and 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 things yet. Uh, instead, you can allocate some budget and use marketing funnels uh, in a way that. Uh, you mean like you, you you use paid advertisement to find the right audience to buy the book. Uh, mm -hmm. One of my favorite funnels that I have seen working amazingly in one of the interviews we have and I have explored in, in the toolkit as well is, uh, is, is a person who's generating, I think, half a million a month in business just at the back of his book using marketing funnels and paid traffic. And how it's done is, mm -hmm. have you heard of free plus shipping offers? Uh, no, but I, okay. get, I think I get the general concept. Cool. So what happened is that um, you know the price of your services. And as long mm -hmm. as they're tested in trial, like you know that like people are, it's tested that they are willing to pay this much price for the services. You put that service you sell those services by a phone call. Somebody has to close the people or sell that service on a phone because that's the easiest and the fastest way to sell those services. So what you do is you put up a book and and give it away for free through mm -hmm. mar marketing funnels and use Facebook algorithm to find the right audience who are the perfect audience for that, no matter how much it costs. Um, mm -hmm. Because you recover that cost either by putting a small price 
product just next to that purchase, like when they purchase the book, which is free plus shipping. Let's say uh, I have worked on a project uh, for Robin White uh, and the book. He genuinely wanted to give away the book. So the book is free plus two pound shipping in the UK. Two pound is good enough to ship that side. Yeah, of the yeah, book. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we did zero plus two pound. And at the back, we have a welcome message and the welcome message we invite people to as a give couple of bonuses so things like audio version things like pdf version kindle version okay. or whatever or a yeah, membership yeah. library whatever um and then one of the bonuses is a call coaching call based on the problem okay. that that book is solving mm. right and that's how you get the pipeline full with your book so this is this is something that I've tested many times, been working on it for four years, and it's it does wonders. So that is a whole yeah. publishing and distribution system in your pocket. Uh -huh. You don't need to do all those running around. If you cannot monetize it with paid traffic, it's probably yeah. not worth working on it. <laughs> and you can actually test out the concept of the book by... Um, some paid traffic. So before you do all this work, you can just make up landing page, which says the book is coming soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see if people are willing to opt in to, to you know, maybe like I, I, I was working in a publishing company for one and a half year. And the way we were doing it was um, we tell people that we will drip the chapters as we write for them as a yeah, beta yeah, yeah. readers if they, yeah, yeah. they they sign up earlier so um yeah we get a lot of traction that way and and uh that was an mvp that was a proof of concept so for books which nobody sign up we never publish those books we don't care sure we just yeah, yeah, yeah. so that that's how uh i think you can rock next time very interesting yeah, that, sounds, that sounds really good that sounds really good I, i'm skeptical about my ability to sell uh, our consultancy either with a phone call or with um uh, or with a free consultation no but <laughs> uh, you need different you conversation need, because you're going to provide coaching whoever is going to provide coaching can do that other than mm -hmm. that there are a community of people called high ticket closers it's like a subculture among salespeople who like to work on these type of projects. They're specialized on these kind of coaching and workshops and consulting related projects. So they will, okay. uh, as long as they understand your industry uh, or your area of coaching, they'll be able to do it better than you. So you don't have to do anything, just show up in the end. <laughs> so there are solutions. It's really interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, great. So thank you for your time. So where can people find you? Um, they can find me um, as Antlerboy on all the social media, linkedin.com uh, slash in slash Antlerboy, Twitter Antlerboy. Um, it's an anagram of the short version of my name. It's not a strange public school uh, hunting accident or something. Um, uh, and at redquadrant.com. Well, thank you very much. Um, and guys, also don't forget, booksmind.com go sign up for the toolkit and we're going to have a workshop session with uh with us right now uh the next thing we are going to do is there and um you're welcome to come and attend that workshop uh, and i'll see you inside all right thank you nice